0: Me 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 me. Oh. <coughs> <laughs> okay, okay. All right, Chris, you can go ahead and hit the record button.
1: All right, we get it in three, two, one, and we're live.
0: Fantastic. All right, welcome to today's contagious quarantine episode of Talk Rock Rock <laughs> Basement. It is uh, Saturday, April third. I haven't showered in a couple days, Chris, and I'm wondering if I even should. But, but no uh, need. No need. I agree with that. No need. But how you been, Chris, otherwise? Oh, I've been good.
1: Uh, I've been... My buddy talk, talk, uh, taught me about curbside pickup the other day. Oh. So I've been taking advantage of that. Um, I, of course, thought he meant prostitution. So yes. I... Uh, As did I. Yeah. I lent some business to a very deserving young lady.
0: <laughs> well, that's excellent. So you're saying curbside pickup to pick up what? Uh, other than prostitution, of course. A-
1: anything. uh carry out food um some uh like just local businesses are doing it
0: is costco doing Puska it to? no costco's crazy costco's a, a lot bus. of stuff a whole lot yeah. of stuff on the corner but hey that's my big ass package <laughs> yeah <laughs> and that's, that's what ladies not, say when i walk in. Stuff. anyway that's <laughs> yeah, crazy all right but um so it's just chris and i today again i'm tom he's chris um ben and jones are out i know they had a dancing lesson scheduled earlier and they couldn't pass up so it's a, it's a pretty big deal. I get it, because there's not too many dance studios that are still open during these uh, trying times. So it's, yeah. it may be an opportunity of a lifetime for them. But you know what they say, Chris. What do they say? They say, you know, it takes two to tango. Oh, so It might my. be tango lessons, and they, I don't know if they're going together. It's not exactly my prerogative, but they're busy. They're out doing their thing, and I can't blame them we'll, for it. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> We will see. But we sounded a little bit different today. Um, similar to our mini episode we recorded just a couple of days ago. Um, if you guys haven't checked that out, you can check it out on Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, wherever. But we just did a little 20-minute uh, episode kind of update how we're all doing in these quarantine times uh, and just bored out of our minds. So we decided to do a little mini episode. Um, but we're recording this episode on Skype again. So we're all in our respected um, homes. I'm mm-hmm. in my living room. Chris is in his bedroom. I know Chris is actually uh, preparing for a cam girl shoot later. So I Got, think to, that's make money. Got to make money somehow. Right. I mean, it's, it's better than uh, filing for unemployment. Yeah, right. But luckily, I'm right next to my kitchen, for, so there's uh, easy accessibility to snacks, and especially the cold beverages. That's a yeah, world. Most importantly. Most important. I know a lot of people like that Silver Bullet, but I don't have one currently by my side i got a a warm glass of water to uh, ease Ooh. the vocal cords tom's
1: favorite
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah okay but, um, but uh <laughs> but <laughs> i know there's always like a uh, word of words of the year i don't know if you're familiar with this chris like i think a couple years ago the word of the year was like selfie i am aware
1: of what you're talking about
0: so um I know we're only uh, three months into 2020, and it's been a ride—a roller coaster ride thus far. Um, what do you think the word of the year is going to be this year, Chris? Ooh, that's a good one. Uh, my guess would probably be quarantine. That's that's the top of my list as well.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, I was thinking uh, if we can do social distancing, maybe that'd be a good yeah. phrase, or maybe alone, or yeah. depressed, <laughs> or lonely. Yeah, lonely. That's uh, bored, or maybe this is the last one. I think maybe tiger. Oh, yeah. yeah. I don't
1: know. Whatever trends about What about, about, about Carol
0: Baskins? Uh, that, no, I don't think so. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I'll shoot that one down, Chris. Um, but again, we've uh, taken a couple, couple weeks off, minus the mini episode we did. Um, so we took a break last week, and now we're all rested up. And we're, we've never been more excited to give you another subpar installment of and Rock in the Basement. So we hope you guys are ready.
1: Yeah, we, we're going to do what we can, um, but we're going to start out with some fan mail, as, as usual. Um, this one comes from Heatwall uh, right, from so Ohio.
0: letter came in, right? Yeah. <laughs> there oh, you go. It <laughs> good old came Tony in Express. Yeah, the Pony Express dropped the uh, letter from, we said Heatwall? Heatwall from Ohio. He's never written to us before, has he?
1: I don't believe so, no. First timer.
0: Good, first timer. First
1: time on the show, but he has a question for us, Tom. He said, uh, "What was your very first concert you remember going to?" And he said his was at t- is in two thousand and one at the Blossom, which I guess is a, a venue in Ohio. The uh, Blossom Music Center. Um, and he said he saw Godsmack with the Deftones and Puddle of Mud. That's quite a first concert.
0: That is a phenomenal show. Um, I'm sure the crowd. One that's with uh, she fucking hates me. That one. That one. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. A Puddle of Mud song. <laughs> Um, I love the name, Puddle of Mud. It's nothing better than that. So yeah, Godsmack. I would love good. to see Godsmack. They're definitely a good uh, good show to see. So yeah. that's really great from Heatwell. We love hearing from him and giving his own rock and roll experiences. Um, yeah, so we, we, I, hope, we hope to hear from him again. We hope to hear from him again. Maybe on a weekly basis. I don't know. We'll see what happens. Only time will tell. Um, but my first concert was actually not a rock concert. It god. was a country concert, and it was actually Kenny Chesney. But we went there because Zach Brown Band opened for Kenny Chesney, and actually somebody opened for Kenny uh, opened for Zach Brown Band, and that was Uncle Cracker. <laughs> but oh but my we, god! We did not make it for Uncle Cracker because this was at FedEx Field, you know where the Redskins play. And yeah, partying, uh, tailgating outside, having a great time. Uh, I was I was always a big Uncle Cracker fan, but I was the only one. And Jones, you know, if you listen to this previous episodes of this show um he is not a fan of uncle cracker so he uh thwarted that quickly so we are not going in for uncle cracker not you know i obliged he was, yeah. was first time going to a concert jones was showing me the ropes uh, but we went in there we well, we stumbled into fedex field luckily we made it in time to see zach brown band and it was a hell of a show um zach brown band is so great to see in a concert i highly recommend it he sounds exactly the same as on the albums and on the records though he played all the hits um and this was 2011 um so there's a lot of his songs that has come out lately that you know we didn't see but he's still uh still a couple of his great albums have come out oh yeah at that point uh you get what you give and the foundation i think that's only two albums that have been out by that point and they were phenomenal albums ton of hits Um, hits. i promptly passed out and fell asleep (laughs) in my box seat for all of Kenny Chesney, apparently he entered the stage through a zip line, and I was like, "That would have been really cool to oh, see." Yeah. But I was not a conscience for any of that concert. I barely remember the Zach Brown Band concert. I had like maybe seven and a half cold ones, and woo! It's I was done. I was done. Yeah, but Chris, what's your uh, what's your first concert?
1: I don't remember when this was, but the first concert I can really remember How many cold was ones a, was a local band here in Alexandria, Virginia, um, called Virginia Coalition. Uh, otherwise known as Vaco, um, and they are, they're uh, yeah, they're from around here. My brother in law John went to school with a lot of them. But that was, I think, the first real concert I went to. You know, it's like crowded, like it was super loud, and I just remember feeling like being like, "This is so cool!" And yeah, I think I was like seven or something at the time. Um, oh my God! No, I have an epiphany. Hold on, this is happening. The first concert I went to was Jimmy Buffett, and I was ah,
0: okay.
1: Seven. Yeah.
0: Well, so you went to two concerts when you were seven, at least. I guess least. so. I guess uh, so. Well, where yeah. was the Vaco concert at?
1: Vaco concert, I think it was at the Birchmere or at the 930 Club okay. here in D.C.
0: Oh, yeah, it's a great venue. I really want to go to the Birchmere. That's Alexandria, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I that's really want to go
0: there. We, we talked about uh, another episode about uh, Mike Campbell, guitarist from Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, yeah. performing there, and I really want to go there. But do tell us more about Jimmy Buffett, your uh, true first concert after you
1: big uh, big guess. Jimmy Buffett fan still am um but yeah oh. so we used to have a beach house and we'd go there all the time um mm-hmm. so I listened to Jim, we listened to Jimmy Buffett all the time um but yeah i for my i think it was for my 7th birthday around there i think the gift was i was like i really want to go see Jimmy Buffett
0: it's a strange 7th birthday present yes. i don't think i had that kind of awareness of the music scene at age 7 <laughs> other than whatever they were singing on blues clues yeah
1: right but um, my dad was like, "That's that would be awesome." I think everyone went. Uh, my brother, me, my cousin Lexi went. I know that. My dad ta- we tailgated. My dad bought, brought like a grill and like was grilling stuff. I remember that. You had some
0: uh, some cold juice boxes, Chris. Yeah.
1: Oh, oh, uh, cold, ice cold Capri Suns for days. Right. Not
0: not so different than today. As so like I can not see back there, Yeah. Nice silver uh, pouches. That's yeah, like silver pouch, but like uh. Capri Suns. But yeah, I,
1: I can't remember what the venue was, but I remember vividly like that was like, yeah, yeah, ooh, nuts.
0: Maybe like, like a Jiffy Lube Live or something like that. It's got to be outdoors. Yeah, it may have been. It was definitely outdoors. Excellent. Well, that's great. That was really great, Chris.
1: Uh, yeah, that, that was my first concert
0: uh if somebody wants to end up on next week's episode how can they do that chris uh
1: so we are on facebook if you want to send us a message there at facebook.com slash talk and rock in the basement and we also have an email talk and rock basement at gmail.com um so yeah shoot us shoot us an email folks get right, featured want- on the next
0: episode that's right we we want you. We're not. We're not worried about having too many uh, questions in our fan mail segment. We're not worried about that. We want to hear from the people, <laughs> and it's if you guys are listening, it's better to hear what you guys want to talk about or what we want to talk about. For you guys want to hear, you know, back and forth. Yeah. Get my words all jumbled. Uh, then it makes the show that much easier for us. We don't want to do. The, we don't want to do the prep work. Okay, you no guys should do the prep work. No, that's what. Uh, what we appreciate the uh, the letter sent from the Pony Express <laughs> by uh, Heatwall. We appreciate it. But today on the episode, we're going to talk about rock and roll stars and musicians appearing in cameos and guest spots in like movies and like also TV shows. So, for like when you're watching a show and all of a sudden you see just like a random rock star and go, wait, is that, you know, who's that yeah. guy? That's what we're talking about today. So, kind of an example of that is um, like the rock and roll cameos in Wayne's World, such as you see Alice Cooper in uh, Wayne's World 1. 1- and Aerosmith and Wayne's World 2, also the first Wayne's World, um, and we've definitely talked about that on other episodes. We go and uh, go in depth about Wayne's World a lot. As I stare at my Wayne's World poster, it's a, right it's a fan favorite. Uh, but one cameo not so noticeable in Wayne's World is Meatloaf. You guys are familiar with the uh, singer Meatloaf. I love I love the yeah. title of his name, but he's actually working at the door in front of the heavy metal bar uh, that Wayne and Garth frequent that's called The Gasworks. And he lets us know about the shitty Beatles and how much they suck and how it's not just a <laughs> clever name. I love they also talk about the Jolly Green Giants and then Crucial Taunt, who, of course, whales Who weighs, whales, and they were finishing up their show as uh, Wayne and Garth entered the scene and saw yeah. beautiful, babelicious Cassandra. Uh-huh. But also, whenever I think of Kamiya, of cameos in movies and tv shows i immediately think of like these animated shows that have been on forever such as like the simpsons family guy and king of hill they have all kinds of guest spots so we're going to mention um i know i have i'm going to talk about the simpsons we're going to talk about jimmy buffett a little bit um we got a a decent amount of cameos that have happened in all kinds of movies that we love and hopefully you guys are interested in that you love as well
1: indeed we do yeah hopefully hope you like it
0: (laughs) no fuck them chris (laughs)
1: um but so the first one i have uh is zz top um and they are in back to the future three um and i forgot that there are so many back to the futures uh but they appear Cameos, when yeah. yeah when marty and doc are trapped in 1885 and they're in like a western um kind of set uh and they they played so they played an acoustic version of their song double back Mm-hmm. Which then it, it plays again the original version during the credits. Um, but it was funny. I was re- reading the interview, and they said uh, a lot of the crew on set thought that they were just regular extras because uh, mm-hmm. you know they had the beards and stuff. They fit the profile, just kind of a a westerner in 1885. Yeah. Um, but the director Robert Zemeckis was a huge EZ Top fan, and and sent their manager an email, and they they happily obliged and came over and. Um, it's really funny, especially when you know, like when you figure out and realize who they are. It's a very funny scene because they're super goofy while they're playing like, uh, uh, their instruments. Um, and he said in between takes, they would sit down and just jam with the local musicians, which is pretty cool.
0: Yeah, that's super cool. So I haven't seen Back to the Future 3 in a while. And we're actually yeah. uh, going to talk about another cameo that's in Back to the Future 2 and 3 here in just a little bit. Um, but I need to watch it again because I don't know if I ever noticed that it was ZZ Top. Granted, I don't. I couldn't tell you the last time I watched Back to the Future Three, yeah. and it's one of my favorite. The first Back to the Future is my favorite. Yeah. Um, then it goes three, and then two, but I can give them all a rewatch and give it, you know, kind of a new rating, and maybe that'll uh, adjust. But yeah, I love the West. I love Western movies. So Back to the Future yeah. in the West.
1: Uh, yeah. When they, when, yeah, yeah, they crazy. they spin their guitars and he spins the drum <laughs> and then they start playing again. It's just
0: so ridiculous. It's just no, that's super funny. Even, even more embarrassing that I didn't notice at the time because. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, um but yeah no it's it's rates.
1: it's it's just super funny because like you know it's top when you look at them they're not eh, they kind of look pretty intimidating with the beards and like the glasses and the hats and stuff mm. but they said they were just they're just like so fun to work with and super easy to work with and like just like good people
0: oh no they're the best uh if you watch that uh the documentary on Netflix that the, the yeah, gotta little check band it out Texas you got to check it out how cool they are like they are a band like it, yeah. anybody has a choice to be in like a rock band and have a fun time like one wish you want to be in ZZ Top cuz those yeah. dudes like they all there was not a second of drama in yeah. that documentary just like i thought some drama was going to happen like when they talked about their manager but then he was like he was the greatest guy yeah. like, he, <laughs> they talked about how much they missed him cuz he died you know a few years ago so yeah. It's a phenomenal documentary. Uh, we talked about that in a couple episodes back, but you yeah. can I can't recommend it enough. There's so people have all the time in the world right now in quarantine. So that's you take Check it out, finish watching about tigers, and you finish watching all these new stand-up specials. Watch this ZZ Top documentary if you haven't already. It's a good one. Good. Uh, but one of my favorite uh, rock and roll star cameos is from Kevin Costner's. Uh, 1997's The Postman oh, oh, yeah. and if you've seen it um, you most likely know what I'm talking about yeah. I'm talking about my favorite rock star my favorite band, my favorite guy you know, of all time is Tom Petty um, so this movie came out in 97. it was a year after the release of Tom Petty's soundtrack on the movie She's the One um, and the most notable single from that album is Walls, which yeah. is a really great song, it's very underrated um, and if you haven't listened to it before, I highly recommend it if you're looking for new music or even just old music that's new to you and it's just so good it, again the single is called walls and it's yeah. off the she's the one album and it was a movie that came out in 96 i think jennifer aniston's in it um, that
1: the the whole that whole soundtrack is really good
0: it is it, the, the whole album. yeah the whole last soundtrack is really good um and we still need to see that movie chris we I only want to see it just because with tom petty is connected to it <laughs> yeah um, but it hasn't been on netflix or anything and i'm not really gonna go out of my way to purchase it go to the, go to the nearest blockbuster yeah, uh, where is that at? Like Oregon? I think that so. it's like it's uh, yeah, a museum. It's like, hey, look, we still got this. I'm sure it's closed now. Corona, probably get that another one. Coronavirus. 100%.
1: It's
0: no victim. Oh, unless I have the curbside pickup, Chris. Yeah. Oh, yeah, one curbside. DVD, one DVD <laughs> and a prostitute on the side. Yeah, please. It's a big deal. You can't pass it up. Not at all. But, uh, Tom Petty in the Postman, his role, he's the uh, bridge city mayor, which they kind yeah. of this city lives on this dam. Um, And he kind of allows Kevin Costner's character, the postman, to escape um, through his little town from being escaped from the bad guys, the real evil bad guys. Um, But I love that that scene because Kevin Costner, like, gets away from the bad guys in this, like, giant zipline thing. It's just, like, such a ridiculous scene. It's so ridiculous. (laughs) But uh, Billboard.com said it's the largest role Petty ever had. And... (laughs) They didn't exactly like the movie Postman, so they said yeah. he livens up a turgid film with his wily charm. Yeah, um, and It's, uh... The Postman, It's an I think it's an alright movie. I, I, I enjoy it, but it's a bit of a mess. <laughs> yeah. It's, Just, yeah, yeah there's, like, no direction. Like, yeah, it's, like... These 90s movies like with Kevin Costner with Dances with Wolves and like Waterworld, they're incredibly long movies. And I think this one they wanted to be incredibly long and they had to just edit it and cut it out and just kind of made it a mess. But <laughs> yeah. you, you can't beat Kevin Costner in the 90s. Dude, that's no. is the man. Is I it- love I love Field of Dreams. I watched that one recently and that is a phenomenal movie. Did you cry? I, uh, no. I remain, t- I remain tough. Oh, God,
1: <laughs> you're a
0: monster. Um, uh, but Field of Dreams actually came out in the late 80s, but I you know, I bunched it all together. Kevin Costner, he could, you know, his his peak, he could it. It. be stopped. can't beat it. But another one, another cameo that Tom Petty did, I'll mention here real quickly. Um, it's a movie called Made in Heaven, and I think we talked about this before, Chris. It's a movie we actually wanted to see. Um, and Tom Petty pays a character called Stanky, which uh, Maybe my nickname coming up soon enough, but it's actually a nickname that we gave uh, one of our fan mail creators. Uh, he was well, yeah. stinky. Um, but Tom Petty played like a rock and roll type character in like a dingy nightclub, so kind of like him. He just like, oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's a pretty interesting movie where these like two kids are in heaven and they like are soulmates, but they have to like go to Earth, and then they either they have to like find each other and get back together. Man, and like we get married, or they'll never be soulmates to and stay together. I don't know, you know, <laughs> Tom in it, so I want to see it. That's that's why, why I'm interested in Sounds it. Sounds like Tom's basically. kind of
1: movie,
0: <laughs> yeah. I'd probably really like it anyway. I love uh, it's an 80s movie, um, about heaven, space, any of that kind of stuff. I'm, I'm hooked, yeah.
1: Um, my next one is uh, from the movie Walk Hard, uh, the Dewey Cox story, came out in
0: 2007.
1: And it is Jack White. Um, And Tom, both of us, both Tom and I love this movie. It's so funny. But Tom didn't even realize that Jack White was in this.
0: I didn't. It's a great standalone movie, even though it's a parody of Walk the Line. Yeah, You don't have to have seen Walk the Line to appreciate Walk Hard. That's how great of a movie it is. But
1: uh, Jack White plays Elvis. um, And the story behind it was John C. Riley. So uh, he said... Um, it's my favorite era of Elvis, around 56, and when John sent me the script, I laughed out loud the whole way through. It's a parody of musical biopics, and John C. O'Reilly plays this made-up character who goes through these different periods, and at one point he plays on a bill with Elvis Presley, and his... It, he's only in it for, like, a minute and a half, two minutes. It is so funny. Um, cause, you know, it's his kind of loose interpretation, um, and well. he just says ridiculous things, and just, like,
0: it's all the uh, kind of stereotypes that people have thought of Elvis making fun yeah. of. But so, so, walk the line. You have fifties Elvis, and fifties Elvis is nothing like seventies Elvis. No, not at all. But walk, walk hard is kind of the seventies Elvis, where he's into his karate and he's insane yeah. and he's like <laughs> surrounded by yes men and doing uh, copious amounts of drugs. Yeah. Uh, so, but it's, it's a hilarious scene. I uh, um, I yeah, that just, movie could just- again. Yeah, he uh, refers to himself as the king a lot,
1: and he's like, he's just like, I do my karate, and only two people know how to do. Kinds of people, the Chinese and the king, and I'm the king. Yeah. It's just so ridiculous. And then it like, goes into like the his like his like mumbling, like the oh, no 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 no. And John Cereus like what what he's like oh, no, no, no. he's like I I don't understand what you're saying, man. What did you
0: just say? No, um, uh, Jack White killed it. He did yeah. really oh, I mean, And, and that's like. Ability.
1: Yeah, I I didn't. Yeah, I, not at all. Um, Cause yeah, you don't think Jack White, and you don't think him at, in a comedy at all, really.
0: But <laughs> right, I was kind of thinking of him as like this kind of pale weirdo who just yeah. like is at a party. He's just like standing in a corner, just kind of staring <laughs> at you. Like, what's wrong with that guy? Yeah. Oh, he's in the white stripes. Um But I, he's always a, but he killed. It. That's why. That's why I didn't even recognize him because yeah. of like such a different character. I didn't know he had that in him. So I thought that was really cool. Chris, yeah, oh. you dropped that on me and you. Were, shot the bomb you really got me but another reason why i like that movie walk hard so much is it's actually john C. Riley singing in it yeah like it's his like the music they wrote for this movie is like good um his like big brand gesture at the end of the movie his like you know his saving grace his song to revive his whole career it's a good song i listened to it like on its own on like on itunes like okay i'm looking this up after after i watch the movie or whatever yeah so it's just all around a great movie and it is really funny it it, it is even funnier after you've watched walk the line yeah no it's real good it's a great call chris um the next uh one we're going to talk about where i'm i'm lost right now okay (laughs) i found my notes what's new tom that's we usually we're gonna edit this out right guys <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> not us we can't edit on skype we wouldn't do that anyway we're authentic dudes keep it real well we mentioned this earlier um the show that's kind of the most notorious for their cameos especially like rock stars and celebrities random musicians but I'm talking about the Simpsons man uh mm. the Simpsons have kind of lost their edge they're in like season thirty they should have been canceled like fifteen years ago <laughs> um, but they, they just keep cranking out crap episodes every now and again like they air new episodes usually Sundays like 8 p.m they've had that they lock have that time slot locked yeah. for maybe 15, 20 plus years now um and i even i check them out and see these new episodes and they're just so bad like i can't stand seeing the simpsons like with iphones i'm like the simpsons don't have iphones like this is ridiculous so oh yeah but I'm not talking about any new episodes. I'm talking about uh, an episode from season three. So this is back in 1991. So it was when Simpsons were real. Were still really good. <clears throat> but the episode oh, I'm cool. talking about... Yeah, it's really, it's really cool. Um, the episode I'm talking about is called Stark Raving Dad. And they actually had Michael Jackson in it. And it's a really great episode. The episode's about where uh, Homer, you know, our lead character, mm-hmm. Homer Simpson, goes to the mental institution and meets a man who claims to be Michael Jackson. Now this guy... Oh. Uh, is like a big fat uh, white guy. And so Homer has no idea who Michael Jackson is. So he says he's Michael Jackson. He's like, okay, that sounds good. And he's like, the singer? He's like, yeah. Uh, so he's all about it. And then Homer calls like Bart and everybody home. He says, right, Michael Jackson's here and I'm going to bring him home. And so the whole town <laughs> of Springfield comes to the Simpsons house. And he, uh, this, this, you know, quote unquote uh, Michael Jackson comes out of the car. And I'm like, that's not Michael Jackson, you know. <laughs> but the whole episode, he's like singing and it's like, it's clearly Michael Jackson. But yeah. It wasn't until recently, it wasn't until uh, 2018, that the show's creator, Matt Groening, announced that it actually was indeed Michael Jackson. Oh, really? The yeah, because the, the reason how he like, like yeah, of course it is. But the reason this, there was so much like confusion around this is because they used an impersonator to sing all the songs in the episode. So Michael Jackson didn't sing any of the songs uh, in the episode, uh, Stark Raving Dad. And there, there's a lot of singing parts in it. Uh, songs that Michael Jackson created with the creators of The Simpsons. But he didn't sing it. He The reason he did this is because he wanted to make his, like, family laugh. And it's, like, oh, yeah. confuse them, be like, that's not really me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know. If, like, <laughs> Michael Jackson's a strange dude. So that's...
1: And yeah, yeah. another
0: reason um, the confusion kind of looms is that they actually had, I think it was Hank Azaria, the guy who speaks Apu. Yeah. Uh, he voiced Michael Jackson's, like, parts throughout the episode. Oh, so really? Jackson, I don't think... I actually, had that much airtime. Yeah, the other guys singing, and it got Simpsons uh, voice actors already yeah. doing recordings for him. So I think he was just there, like watch, watching in the background. <laughs> you know, just I'm glad to be here. That's fun. Yeah, because he was,
1: uh, was he was in, he was in uh, Men in Black too, right? Yeah, I am Agent M. Yeah, yeah, that's
0: funny. Like, dude, yeah, he wants to, he wanted to be in everything. He wanted to be in Spider Man. He wanted to buy Spider Man and buy part of Marvel and then be a part of everything. So, I he mean, he was, he was real hot, 80s, 90s. Michael Jackson, man, he couldn't be stopped. Um, but, again, this episode aired September 19th, 1991. It was season three, episode one. This is uh, before I was even born. Not before Chris was born, though. Chris, no. you're pretty old.
1: Old man. You, you old never man. tell with agents,
0: right? I'm 60. Oh, yeah, yeah, I figured it. <laughs> uh, I look back at this. This is kind of back when The Simpsons were untouchable. Like They had such great yeah. episodes. People underestimate how much they changed pop culture forever. Like now, it's the norm to have some like risque animation cartoon show on Fox, but back then yeah. it was crazy. Like you had presidential candidates, um, the, you know, the Bush senior talking about be more like the Waltons and less like the Simpsons. Like it, it was, yeah. it was crazy, man. But this episode has since been pulled from reruns because of the documentary Leaving Neverland, you know. That oh, discussed- yeah. Jackson's history and allegations of malestation of young boys. Yeah. So they, they pulled it, but despite that, it's actually a really phenomenal episode. And it might be on Disney Plus now. I don't know if they pulled it. Who knows? I haven't actually looked on there. Oh, yeah. Uh, they, have all, they have all the Simpsons uh-huh. episodes on uh-huh. there, but that's one season three, episode one. I highly recommend going back and check it out if you're a, a fan of Michael Jackson music or even just The Simpsons. The good old days of The Simpsons. The good old days. Um,
1: but uh, so my next one is. It's kind of funny. This is like a old rock star, but Keith Richards, oh. um, in a uh, uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, um, in two of them. He's in uh, Pirates of the Caribbean at World's End and Pirates of the Caribbean: Stranger Tides. But he, um, the reason that he was he was asked to do it is Johnny Depp, um, who plays Captain Jack Sparrow, uh, modeled a lot of Sparrow's mannerisms after Keith Richards, of like interviews and how he is on stage and stuff. Um so he plays, and uh Keith Richards, he plays uh Jack Sparrow's dad, uh Captain Teague. But, I never realized an uh, interview that was... with both of them. It was pretty funny uh uh Keith Richards said when he got dressed up and like with all the pistols and the swords he said he was able to act so well and, and um and just kind of go for it, which is really funny um, but uh he was also saying that making movies is very different from what I do. Yeah. Um, But, uh, yeah, so, like, he messed up a take, and he was like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. And Jack Sparrow was like, oh, no, we can just cut it. And he was like, oh, you can do that? Because, like, for him, like, if you get up on stage and mess up, you can't go back and fix it. So he was like, oh, this is awesome, like, you know, so. um, But, yeah, I mean, you 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 can't really recognize him. He's in full makeup, and his nose is the same. But other than that.
0: Yeah, that's pretty cool. I didn't know he was supposed to be Jack Sparrow's dad. Yeah, I didn't pay enough attention to those uh, Pirates of the Caribbean movies. I usually zoned out or then fell asleep. Yeah, was, yeah
1: they kind of they, they kind of fell off, but kind of uh,
0: convoluted. It's a kind of big mess. Yeah,
1: but they're they're but good. Also funny. Yeah, they're yeah they're like a like a you know guilty pleasure watch. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's very different in this movie than he normally, like, you know, like, obviously he's playing a character, but his voice is deep and, and it's, it's, it's pretty funny. You're like, oh man, that's Keith Richards. <laughs> As
0: opposed to his usually high pitched Michael Jackson voice.
1: Yeah. Oh well, yeah. You know, it's, Brit- it's British, you know.
0: Yeah. No, that's uh, legit. Yeah. Uh, always a big Keith Richards fan. I want to see him in more movies and more and everything. You can never get enough Keith Richards.
1: Never enough. Never enough. Can't beat
0: it. You just can't beat it. Um, so this next guy, he's been in a ton of movies, um, ton of uh ton of TV shows, really. Um, he's a bassist from one of our favorite bands, the Red Hot Chili Peppers. I'm talking about Michael Peter uh, Balzari, also known as Flea. Oh, yeah, he's been in a bunch of stuff. If you just watch a lot of movies that we watch and you know you've seen them all over the place, um he was in the Big Lebowski. If you didn't notice, he plays one of the Nihilists. The guys that he cared about nothing, nothing. Well, cut off your Johnson Lebowski. All those guys. <laughs> uh, one of the, like, the minions in the background with, uh, with a group of three German guys, the Nihilists. Um, so he's there. And I didn't notice that actually the first time. It took me a couple of times to watch the movie to actually realize it was him. So that's really funny. Um, and, he, and Flea was actually in Back to the Future 2 and 3. Mm. Uh, he played. Uh, it was a Douglas J. Needles. a <laughs> 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 guy who races uh, Marty McFly at the end of Back to the Future Three. That's his most notable role. Yeah. In the series recommended, uh, where you know they're at the stoplight and Flea is like revving his engine. Let's go, man! What are you chicken? <laughs> you know you can't you can't call Marty McFly chicken. That's like that's like cursing Aww. somebody's mother to Marty McFly. Um, but luckily, he didn't race them or he would have crashed in the car—the the Rolls Royce that was ahead of them. So yeah. <laughs> we, he got pretty lucky on that one. And I think he learned a valuable lesson. Indeed, he did. was a lesson, Chris.
1: Uh, don't ra- race, Money McFly.
0: That's right. That's good work, Chris. But um, I felt that that cast of need- the needles was like was cast perfectly. Like the role of needles was cast perfectly. I um, so also like. Years ago, when I watched Back to the Future Three, not realizing it was ZZ Top and not realizing it was Flea, um, yeah, I felt like that's like it was like the I was like they cast that role perfectly. That's a dude who looks like his name should be Needles. <laughs> so yeah, like, yeah, that's a, <laughs> uh, And I love it because he's unless like look at this old uh, maybe you know mid eighties uh, I suppose probably eighty five F one um, fifty. But I love he has the guys hanging on the back of the, of the truck of uh, Needles' truck. And yeah. you know you got high guys hanging on the back. They're usually drinking like beers. Yeah, um, they're all like holding Pepsi's. I love it. Oh, nice yeah. cold sodas. I was <laughs> like, nobody's doing that, especially our ratty group. Like needles, needles gang. Like they're uh, they're drinking cold ones. They're probably drinking Miller Lights, if you ask me. Oh yeah, yeah. But flea Rocky was oh Rocky Top's. Those are good too. You can never go wrong with any uh, cold beverage, Chris. Um, but flea was also in uh, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Um, and I think this is his funniest cameo to date. Um, if you know the scene, then you know how hilarious it is. But yeah. if you don't, you need to ch- watch the movie or uh, at least check it out on YouTube. But Flea actually has long brown hair in this one. And uh, Johnny Depp, who's playing Hunter S. Thompson, is actually in the bathroom where he spilled some LSD on his shirt. He's like <laughs> trying to lick it up. And then like, Flea walks in the bathroom and Johnny, De- you know, uh, Hunter S. Thompson's like, I spilled LSD on my on my shirt. And then. Flea comes over and starts licking his sleeve yeah. and all of a sudden it's like uptight businessman walks in the yeah. door and is just horrified. His uh, <laughs> just the, this frightened businessman's reaction is just it's priceless. Um, it's definitely worth a rewatch the entire movie just for that scene alone. So I really enjoyed it. And that movie is, is an insane movie. Yeah, it's um, so
1: funny. It's, it's more insane knowing that it's based off like a true
0: story. <laughs> yeah, it, it's a bit nuts. Yeah, just nuts. But uh,
1: my next one. So I thought of these two movies with this character. So I'm talking about David Bowie in Zoolander and The Prestige. But then I realized that he was just like a full, he was a full blown actor as well. Um, yeah, but Bowie's the had, man. He had Labyrinth, uh, Besquat, uh The Hunger, The Man Who Fell from Earth, Twin Peaks, uh, Lazarus. So, like, um, the ones I was looking at were The the Prestige, where he plays uh, Nikola Tesla, um, directed by uh, uh, Christopher Nolan, with Hugh Jackman and Christian Bale. One of my favorite movies. It's so good. Um, But I think uh, uh, Christopher Nolan begged Bowie to take the role. Um, He was like, there's only one person that can play someone as so eccentric as, as Tesla, and you have to do it.
0: And we're all glad he did. I have a confession, though, Chris. Thomas. I have not seen The Prestige. Oh, my God. I think it's on Netflix. I'm really busy with Tiger Kings, and okay. uh, I don't know. What else is on there? I've been really busy. I've uh, prepared for a podcast, since our fans won't send any fan mail except for super fan number one, our guy out there, Northeastern Ohio. Do you know what it's about? Magic.
1: Well, you're halfway right, I guess.
0: I, I can't believe you've never seen it,
1: but yeah. It's a good one. Definitely check it out.
0: Um, I'll put it on my is, list.
1: But he is also, David Bowie is the only person to portray a real person in that movie. So Christopher mm-hmm. Nolan wanted it to be you know kind of perfect. But he said he begged and pleaded with David Bowie to take the role, and he finally did. And he said, and he said the aftermath, he said uh, afterward, he said it was perfect. I can, I, it was exactly as I imagined, so.
0: Well, Christopher Nolan's one of those directors who has his, like, image of what has to happen. Yeah. And he knows. He, he can see it where nobody else can. You just got to trust him. He'll do it. And it turns out to usually be a masterpiece more often yeah. than none. Um, and then yeah, Zoolander,
1: which he, which, uh, where he plays himself. Um, but, yeah, I forgot about Labyrinth and all these other movies. Yeah, he was, like, a full-blown actor. Labyrinth, have, you've seen Labyrinth, right?
0: I've never seen Labyrinth either. What the heck?
1: Have you seen Bisquat or Bisquait? Bless you. Uh, Where he plays, uh, oh my God, who does he play? I think he plays Andy Warhol in that one. Mm. You know who Andy Warhol is? Uh, Campbell Soup. Oh my God. Hi, hey, I'm impressed. (laughs) Um, I thank you. But uh, the prestige, and if if you haven't seen Labyrinth, definitely check it out. Especially you, Tom.
0: Uh, Again, really busy. Uh, Disappointed. Yeah, clean litter boxes. You know what I do? Take the trash out. Disinfect from coming back from the dumpster. Dropping the load of cat litter. No good.
1: Are they, That's are all they, I do. The boxes filling up fast.
0: Really fast. Yeah, I've been feeding them a lot. the kitties a lot. You know, got to keep them well fed.
1: No good. No good.
0: Somebody's got to take care of them. Uh,
1: who's next on your list,
0: Tom? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> my turn again, Chris. Uh, I was going to say something to what you said, and I completely forgot, so I'm not... Okay, I'm ready. All right, so this next movie, it's a movie, if you grew up in the 90s, um, it's like a staple that you watched as a kid. Uh, we, I love watching all the p- kind of Peter Pan commercials, or commercials, uh, cartoons. I'm sure there are Peter Pan commercials, and I love them. Um, the cartoons and kind of those, like, plays that we watched, but... This kind of uh, adaptation of the story of Peter Pan is a little bit different. You've never really seen it before. I don't. I'd like to see it again, honestly. But I'm talking about, yeah. Hook. you know, this uh, Robin Williams Hook um, came out in 1992, um, and it had a few rock stars cameo in it. Um, so you had Phil uh, Phil Collins from Genesis, uh, David Crosby from The Birds, Crosby Stills and Nash, and you also had Jimmy Buffett. Uh, oh man! So it's you. So uh, Watching this movie and re-watching the clips on YouTube, I could clearly tell Phil Collins. Phil Collins played the detective inspector investigating the disappearance of Peter Pan's children, you know, Robin Williams' children. And, of course, they went to Neverland. We know where they went. But he only has like a little scene that's like less than a minute long, and that's all he has in the movie. But uh David Crosby and Jimmy Buffett play the like evil henchman to Captain Cook. Yeah. And David Crosby you can see him multiple times throughout the movie and like that's David Crosby. But yeah. Jimmy Buffett you cannot even tell.
1: Oh yeah. Is and that, like, like, like that's full him? makeup. But, yeah. yeah, he
0: just has like a bandana on and so like, oh. <laughs> he doesn't have any facial hair so like David Crosby <laughs> has his crazy mustache and his like white, white long hair. Yeah. yeah but uh Jimmy Buffett was more covered up, too, and he was more like a fight scene, trying to fight uh, Robin Williams. Oh, yeah. But it's pretty cool going back and seeing all these rock stars in this movie. I'm a big fan of the movie Hook uh, and his different take, so I really... that that one, Yeah, that one could definitely use a rewatch for me.
1: You got a lot. Your list is ever-growing, Tom. You got a lot on your plate now. Oh, I'm so overwhelmed. (laughs) Um, But uh, so my last one, uh, probably the biggest one... Mm -hmm. uh, it takes place on the show New Girl, uh, and as soon as I say that, I'm sure everyone knows what I'm talking about, but Prince, Princess cameo on New Girl, uh, season 3, episode 14, um, and it's, the episode is titled Prince, um, but the story behind that is, oh, well, to say first, it is my favorite New Girl episode. It is so funny, um, it's just it's just so funny, it's just a great episode. Um but the story behind it was Prince's manager emailed De Deschanel and she thought it was a prank because the email was said, I'm the manager of the legendary musician Prince and he would like to be like the letter two and the, uh, the number two and the letter B on the show. And she thought it was a, she thought it was a prank. Um, but knowing Sounds who like she knows, yeah, she found out that it was really him. And uh, that, yeah, he was a huge fan and wanted to be on the show. Um, and if you've seen the episode, you know the majority of the episode takes place at Prince's house at, during a, a party that he's throwing, and so they wanted to have like other celebrities kind of cameo as well, and so they got Kris Jenner and uh, Khloe Kardashian. They came in and filled some bits at, during a party scene, and uh, one of someone on Prince's team apparently was like uh oh hey who did you get for the celebrities i hope it's not a kardashian <laughs> and because uh, apparently he was not a fan but zoe said uh her and um max greenfield were running lines and a pa runs into the room and says give me your sheets or your scripts and your call sheets to have all the cast on and she takes them and she runs back outside and Zoe said she walked outside and she's throwing them all into like a fire, like a huge bonfire. All call sheets, all slides, all scripts to get rid of
0: any evidence that the Kardashians were there. <laughs> so did the Kardashians end up in the episode? No. No, they no, they cut everything with the Kardashians. Well, I knew I like Prince, and we like Prince even more now because of that. Dude, Prince is our guy, man. Yeah. I hope it's not a Kardashian. They're like, oh shit. Like, uh, everybody's face gets really hot.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but um, but yeah, you yeah. If Prince is a fan of your show, you do everything you can to make sure Prince is happy.
0: I like, I like, I like your show. Can I be on it?
1: Yeah, but that episode, um, the views. Uh, so an average uh, New Girl episode would get around three to four million. That episode got twenty-six million views.
0: Hey, man, Prince brings him in. His yeah. Super Bowl halftime show was phenomenal. He knows anything he One does. Of the best. Yeah, it's so cool. Um, yeah, I got to watch Purple
1: Rain on Netflix, but, uh,
0: put that on the I, list. I need to watch that still as well. My list is getting long just from this episode alone of movies to watch. It's very, uh, it's very frightening, really. Get um, to it, Tom. I did watch that Prince episode back when it aired, so they got me. I was a part of one of the 23 million that you just mentioned. <laughs> one of the, just a statistic, Chris. Um, just a
1: number, and that's all you'll ever be.
0: Yeah, it's, it's the truth. It's all we are. Um, but I really enjoyed that episode, and I was like, this is insane that Prince is on this show, because Prince, like, I always loved when I would watch, like, a Vikings game, like a Vikings home game, and they would sh- sh- uh, pan the camera over to Prince sitting in his box, like, yeah, like, like, basically, like sitting with his back straight, like, motionless, just, like, watching the game. Like, hmm. I'm mildly amused by this. I, yeah. I love it. That's something I always will definitely miss from football after he passed. Um, yeah. I, as you know, he was a huge Vikings fan.
1: No, Prince was just the best, hands down, just like yeah. in every aspect of, of the world.
0: <laughs> Can't get enough Same with David Bowie, man. Yeah, uh, true. Heartbreaking, man. But so we're talking about kind of the same stuff, David Bowie, Prince, but I'm going to talk about ZZ Top as well, as Chris mentioned earlier. <laughs> uh, but I'm talking specifically the bassist of ZZ Top, Dusty Hill, our guy, the man. Um, he was actually on an episode of King of the Hill as himself. And if you know anything about King of the Hill, the, the main family, the main character's name is Hank Hill. So when Dusty Hill was actually, because he was a fan of King of the Hill and he was watching, he was like, it'd be really funny if I could do a cameo on this show and play like a relative to Hank Hill. Oh yeah. And it's really funny because Mike Judge, the creator of the show had the exact same idea and they kind of linked up and talked and they actually made it happen in 2007. Um, so on the episode in 2007, um, Dusty Hill plays Hank Hill's like kind of like long lost cousin, but it's <laughs> like he's he plays himself. He plays uh, Dusty Hill from ZZ Top, and Hank yeah. Hill is like, yeah, that's my cousin." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, he's all like, dusty, but he knows he's in ZZ Top, but he like doesn't care. He's not selling propane, so he doesn't yeah, care. That's um, really funny. It's it's really cool, and it's it's a cool episode um, where Dusty Hill wants to race one of. Uh, Hank Hill's like, I can't remember the kind of, I think it was a Cadillac, and he raced it, and he wrecked his car, and he got, like, stuck. His beard got stuck in the uh, seatbelt. And so how Hank Hill had to rescue Dusty Hill from, like, dying and getting burned in this car accident. He had to cut his beard. Oh, no. To pull him out. And uh, I guess before this episode, Dusty Hill was all up in arms. like, you can't cut my beard. You can't do it. Like, not even talking about real life, just animated, he was getting uh, upset about cutting his beard. But then they explained to him it's just a cartoon and the next episode we can just redraw you a full beard. And he's like, yeah. oh, okay. <laughs> so, he was, so he was fine with it. Um, and they had like this whole big talk at the end, how he lost his beard and stuff and how it related to how Hank Hill lost his car. So it was, <laughs> he's like, oh, it's, all, it's okay. It'll grow back. But, oh, that's um, funny. but I was, I was a big King of the Hill fan as a kid. Oh, yeah. Um, and they had all kinds of, uh, like they had trace Adkins on there. They had all kinds of, uh, Musicians, rock stars, and like Johnny Depp, and but he's kind of a rock star. but other actors on there? So it's a really cool show. But I'm going to talk about King of the Hill again. Tom Petty was actually had a reoccurring role on King of the Hill. Um, I think you knew this, Chris, um, but he played uh, Lucky, who oh, was yeah, <laughs> was Luann's husband, and Luann was uh, Hank Hill's dimwitted niece. Very yeah. funny character.
1: Oh man, I forgot about that.
0: Yeah, so it's a uh, Petty loved Tom Petty loved doing this role um billboard.com says lucky is likely petty's greatest role has offered him the chance to be funny and sensitive while setting up his floridian roots as tom petty was from gainesville florida so he's tom petty says this character of lucky was a philosophical idiot so (laughs) he just grew up with all these people and he can just channel it and it was just so funny i remember watching this character as a kid i didn't know it was like i didn't know anything as a kid watching king of the hill i had no idea it was tom petty on king of the hill i thought it was just some funny guy who is now with Luann.
1: That's, that's hilarious.
0: Um, but Tom Petty said his family was especially impressed with his acting skills from King of the Hill. <laughs> and he, and he thought they were more impressed by him doing that than anything he did musically. So oh, he was really? like, like, okay, I get it. Like more like the, the grandkids and stuff. They're like, yeah. Oh, I get it. You're a big deal. Yeah. Um, so I, I thought it was pretty cool. I, um, I want the day where King of the Hill gets back on Netflix.
1: Oh yeah.
0: I love King of the Hill. Um, I don't really have any way of watching it right now. It's not on Amazon, so it's only a matter of time till it makes its rounds onto Netflix and I can give it another watch because I haven't watched it in probably fifteen plus years. <laughs> like, yeah, it's, it's been a while. It's been a while. Mike Judge is so funny. Like he created Office Space. Um, yeah, and I love Beavis and Butthead. Head.
1: Um, love Beavis and Butthead. Yeah, we know that we know that that's a Tom favorite. R-
0: right up my alley. Not not surprising though. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um but no something funny I also kind of stumbled across uh, was an interview with Seth MacFarlane of course from Family Guy and I'm yes. sure that we could get into depth about all the cameos from you know any type of career on Family Guy but it's funny because a lot of the cameos it's just like one line or they'll cut to like you know cartoon version and he yes. says you know a little quib. but it was funny he was saying that some artists you know will be trying to get them for like years or like months just for like a one little line And a lot of times it's just like they'll bug them so much that they'll just send like a voice memo of that line and be like, okay, are we done? Are we done now?
0: Seth responds like,
1: oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: So you're saying uh, (laughs) Seth MacFarlane was bugging the uh, celebrities for cameos? Yeah,
1: yeah, sometimes he would bug them for – or, you know, like his team would be like, do you want to do this line or or this line? Because it's funny because a lot of them are just like little quib here and there. Like it's not like an actual role or anything like that. but sometimes uh, Seth MacFarlane will also like do impersonations and yeah. uh, uh, celebrities and stuff like that too.
0: Yeah, he's good. I was thinking you're like people are begging to get on, begging to get on Family Guy, which is like, yeah, I can totally agree. I'd do whatever yeah. it takes. <laughs> Make fun of me on Family Guy, please. We'll get on yeah. there
1: one day, Tom.
0: Uh,
1: uh.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't think it should be on the air anymore. Uh, <laughs> it's kind of like The Simpsons now. It's yeah. not. It's not as good as it used to be.
1: They, uh, yeah, they ran through what they ran through.
0: Yeah, it's, a, it's great. They had a lot of great jokes. Um, last movie, last uh, cameo, I'm going to talk about um, about the movie Airheads. You know, I'm a big fan of this one. Um, big one. I love to display the DVD case of Airheads on my mantle. Well, if I had a mantle, it would be there. Right now, it just sits in front of my TV to show off. Like <laughs> I own I own Airheads. It's kind of a big deal, uh, but it, it it's a significant cameo for me. I I think it's a phenomenal movie. This movie has uh, radio and rock and roll, so I couldn't ask for anything more in life. But our main character Brendan Fraser, who is goes by Chaz, uh, <laughs> he uh, meant or asks a trick question to the like the quote-unquote supposed to be the studio exec to help these guys get a record deal. And they ask him who would win in a fight, Lemmy or God? And he's like, uh, Lemmy. And he's like, trick question, uh, trick question, Lemmy is God. Yeah. (laughs) Steve Buscemi. So I love that part. And then uh, a few moments later, they show Lemmy um, in the crowd outside of the radio station, like hooting and hollering for this uh, band or these guys taking over the radio station. So... Love Lemmy, um, he's the man. So I love seeing him. Yeah, that movie he, is so funny. Airheads is great. Big, I'm a big, big fan of all these movies. There's so much good content out there. I mean, you could talk about it all day. Talk about for hours. Hours and that and Community. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. I've restarted. I'm on
1: season three already. Season. <laughs> all right. Yeah, started watching like, like, Netflix like days ago. Yeah, basically. Yeah, three days ago. Oh my but, goodness. Uh, yeah, and Tom, I'm in quarantine. Nothing else to
0: do. Do my homework, man. That's always a possibility. Yeah. No, yeah. No, I am an upstanding student. I would never cheat or plagiarize in any way, Chris. Yeah, I, I, I did put that on the record. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, if you guys have any questions or comments, you, know, you can always feel free to contact us at Facebook at uh, facebook.com slash in the Basement. But you guys know I'm Tom. You can always find me at TomJozio on Twitter and at Tomozio on Instagram.
1: Um, I am It's That Kid Chris on Instagram and It That Kid Chris on Twitter.
0: You always trip me up with your, with your names, Chris. Well, yeah, I know. It sounds like you're stuttering, and I'm not saying to change it, but.
1: I'm, uh, I may think of something. Who knows? I'll I surprise you.
0: Something with 69 in it. I think that would be appropriate for you. Tom's best friend, 69. Yes. Okay, I uh, second that. (laughs) But we appreciate you guys listening to this crazy Skype episode. I think there was some uh, troubleshooting times where Chris was skipping out, but hopefully you guys are able to work past him. But we appreciate you listening to and Rock in the Basement, and we'll see you guys next time.